Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. New Year, same old us. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. Doing what we always do, talking about hard rock and heavy metal music because that's what we love to do. And we love to do it with you every single week. My name is Aaron Camaro, and I'm joined, as always, by my awesome co-host, Mr. Chris Sinzak. Happy New Year, brother. Happy New Year. 2024. It's a real thing. It's real. It's here. It's upon us. We'll see how it goes. (laughs) Challenges already. Yeah, we're off to an awesome start. (laughs) I know it's funny. Like, I see, you know, on the social media and all that, and everyone's like, 2024 sucks already. Yep. Hey, sometimes, you know, it's maybe we're just getting this shit out of the way. So the rest of the year can be awesome. So if anybody's off to a bad start in 2024, it might be a good thing. It's one of those, like, rip the Band-Aid off kind of deals. You know, just get it over with so I can enjoy the rest of the year. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and so around here, we like to have fun. We like to talk about hard rock, heavy metal music. That's what we're going to do this year like we did last year and the year before that and the year before that. All the way back 13 years ago as we celebrate the 13-year anniversary of Decibel Geek here in 2024. Today, we're going to celebrate by busting out a classic. Man, this one dates all the way back to the quarantine sessions is when we started playing a little game show called Beat the Geek. You know, the greatest game show of all time. The game show that goes to 11 because it rocks so hard. We're going to be playing some of that today. Chris has got a couple of opponents, and also we'll do a little reverse beat the geek when I'm going to be playing the game, and Chris is going to be asking his always impossible-to-answer questions. He put You put way too much thought into this. <laughs> I've got some really good ones this time. Every time I play, it's like zero to zero at the end because nobody can figure out Chris's questions. But I don't know if they're easy or hard, but they're, they're all interesting facts that i think will you'll learn for the first time people will learn for the first time listening to it okay cool and that's that's sort of the way i go about it too most of the time is that you know you go through and it's just like well you can pick you know whatever question and create it but is it something fun is it interesting and a lot of times i go i never knew that that's going to be a great question so yep. hopefully we'll get a lot of that today where the listeners are hearing this going, I had no idea, because in most cases, neither did we. <laughs> 
So we're going to have a lot of fun with that today. You know us. We're going to take care of the business before we get to the pleasure. And man, this one, it's easy. We're mixing business with pleasure when it comes for us because we got some reviews, man. We're on a roll. We've been getting a lot of reviews lately, man. We love it a lot. Got a couple here. I see them. Oh, yeah. Five pink stars. Both of them are pink five stars. I love it. That means they're pod chaser reviews. First one comes to us from Rush5150. It goes a little something like this. Hey, Freeform Rock Podcast here. We just wanted to let you know this episode rules, and we can't wait for part two. Keep on fighting for rock and roll, brothers. You know, we tell you that when you go to Podchaser, you can review right down to the very episode, and that's a review of the Label Wars episode. Yeah, it was... uh and that that one still keeps getting rave reviews. So you know, and this is just a lesson for me: radio sucks. Beat the geek. Label wars, none of which are my idea. All Aaron. <laughs> You've had some good ones over the years too. It's like maybe not as many, but when you come up with one, holy shit, it's something awesome. So you know, it evens out. Here's another one. It's a pod chaser review, all about the label wars. Comes to us from Pure Rock Fury Twelve goes like this a great podcast this is a great topic and looking forward to future episodes the remaining 80s will be massive i hope you take this into the 90s as i am fascinated about record labels giving big bands contracts only for people to get fired or leave and then the labels end up hating the bands on their label electro was notorious for this in the 90s in the metal division, Motley Crue and Anthrax come to mind. Yeah, I think about that too. Like Motley Crue, they nail that big contract, but then Vince Neil is gone, and John Karabi's in, and Elektra don't like that, and then they force the band to get back together with Vince Neil, and then nobody likes that when they come out with Generation Swine. Yeah, what a mess the 90s must have been for record labels. Well, and it worked out for the best for Motley Crue because they were so over Motley Crue and dealing with them that... Nicky was able to negotiate getting his masters back. Right, yep. And then Motley Records is born, and, you know, not a lot of those artists from that era own their own stuff. You know, a lot of it is still owned by these labels, and, you know, Nicky Six owns all of Motley Crue. He can do whatever he wants to with it. No, he's just like, we'll go away and we'll finally stop bitching if you just give us our stuff back. Right, like, yeah. yeah, take it. Just yeah. get out. Get out of here. We've had enough. <laughs> Yeah, both really good reviews, and um, thanks, Pure Rock Fury 12. Uh, I'm not sure what happened to Pure Rock Fury 11, but you're awesome. And um, <laughs> Freeform, uh, nice guys there. Yeah. I actually did a guest spot with them last weekend where I discussed uh, Carnival of Souls, and uh, that was fun. Nice. Mooger Fooger's a part of that now, too. Yeah, he was on there with us. That's awesome. I love it. Everybody around here is a fan of the Mooger Fooger, so if you want to, check him out doing his podcast thing. Like I said, he is now a part of the Freeform Rock podcast. So even another reason to check those guys out. Yeah, it was a good time. Thank you for those reviews. They're awesome. If somebody else out there feels it in their heart that they want to review the Decibel Geek podcast, knowing that we love it so much, well, there's a couple of great places to do it. Podchaser, perfect example right there, both of those, right down to the very episode if you want to. And then, of course, Apple Podcast Reviews, man, we always love those. And still waiting to see what happened to the Facebook recommendations. We haven't had one of those in a very, very long time. 
Maybe we're the only ones left on Facebook. Who knows? Maybe we got to move over to, to the X with everybody else. But <laughs> in the meantime, that's where you can give it to us. We love them a lot. Man, we sure do appreciate everybody that takes the time to support what we're doing here on Decibel Geek Podcast. Again, we just love hard rock and metal music just as much as you do. We love talking about it. been doing it for a long time. And we've made a lot of awesome friends over the years. The people that mean a lot to us, Man, they take every episode and they share it and they retweet it or they re-exit or whatever the hell it is going on over there because we're still the rubes over here stuck on Facebook. And uh, when you share it on your socials, man, it means a lot because that means your friends are seeing it too. And if you got friends that are into hard rock and metal music, they go, well, you know, you know, I'll check out this Decibel Geek podcast and bam, welcome to the party, you know, and then you're in. The people that share and re-ex our episodes are the people we love. They take the time to help us out. We're going to take the time to recognize these are your Geeks of the Week. Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Rockin' Ron Runyon, Kristen Schimbeck, Mark Alden-Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, Mark and Jerry BS Sessions, John Harbour, Mark Starsky, James West, Craig Turdich, Darren Parkin, Shay Hargett, Mike Parnell, Brent Tibbetts, David Glenn, James McElhenney, Todd Cunningham, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Derek Novak, Shane Abair, Andy Rodriguez, Grayson Gallegos, Sean Geek Podcast, Pantheon Podcast, Tom Logston, a to Z Radio, Tom, Tony Smith, Sit and Spin with Joe, David Cathy, Ralph Vieira, Boris Petrovsky, Keith Rockford, Kevin Williams, and Obscuria Podcast, The Plug Podcast, Andy Schneidkraut, Thunderfuck and the Deadly Romantics, Eric Luzier, Chad Grant, Steve Libby, Eric Senzak, Lost Circus, Thorbjorn nice. Olson, Bill Wang, Will Honeycutt, Joseph Capone, Ernesto Aguiar, Jay Shablewski, JJP, Body of the Soul, Too Punk to Be a Podcast, Rock Roulette Podcast, Bill Elam, Tom Smoke, Belmondo, Eladio, Kevin's on Fire, Focus on Metal, Vet Halen, Whiting Guitar Works, Victor Rua, Scott Crouch, and as always, the Mooger Fooger. That's right. Those are our people, man. They take the time. They share it. They share it. They share it. They help us get the word out there about what we're doing here on Decibel Geek, and we love them a lot. We are a proud part of Pantheon Podcast, man. If you're looking for a new music podcast, there's only one place to go, and that is Pantheon Podcast. They've basically gone out and did all the hard work for you. They found all the best music podcasts in the world. Not just rock, all different kinds of stuff. And famous artists. I mean, they got the Metallica podcast, for crying out loud. If you love Metallica, you love music, you're looking for podcasts, man, let Pantheon do the work for you, serving it all up on the silver platter. Hey, how would you like to hear some of the greatest podcasts about music out there in the entire world? Here you go. Thanks, Pantheon. And that's how they do it. So check out Pantheon. They support us. Please support them. So are you ready to play the greatest game show of all freaking time? As always. All right. Well, let's line them up and knock them out. So before we get started, I figure I better warn you. Skype was down. Zoom wasn't working. I uh, couldn't sign into the StreamYard, so we had no choice but to record Beat the Geek this week on Blog Talk Radio. Enjoy. All right, here we are. People love it, so we got to bring it back. It is the greatest game show of all time. It is Beat the Geek, the game show that goes to 11. 11 questions, two opponents. One of them's the geek, Chris Sinzak. 
His record, I got to imagine, is pretty damn good at this game. He wins most of the time. Well, today we'll see if that changes or if he can be taken down a notch. We're being joined by a last-minute alternate, but he's come ready to kick some ass. What's going on, Al Horta? Hey, what's going on, guys? How are you? Glad to be on, man. Awesome. Yeah, so you're going to be facing off with Chris. How do you feel, man? You you think you got a good chance against Chris and some good old rock and roll trivia? Well, I've, I've played Chris twice. I I uh, tied him once, and then once he beat me. So hopefully I can be on the – I can beat him at least once. So – but you guys got me last minute, man, so I'm unprepared over here. <laughs> Yeah, you might do better though. Sometimes with with less time to think about it, you might actually do better. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's only one way to find out, so let's do it. Let's beat the geek. All right. As always, this is the way it goes. I'll ask a question. We'll start out with Chris because he's the geek. I ask him the question, and then before I give him four choices, I'm going to ask Al if he wants to bet against him or if he wants to play it safe. If Al bets against Chris and Chris gets it wrong, Al gets the point. If Chris is bet against and he gets it right, Chris will get two points. And, of course, if he gets it wrong and he's not bet against, no points awarded. And then a little bit later on, we'll get to the kiss round, double the points on that. So this is always a lot of fun. So let's get right to it. The very first question on Beat the Geek, and, of course, it goes to the geek. That is Chris. The lead vocalist of Hell Yeah was also the lead vocalist of which band? All right, Al. I'm, that's the question. I don't know if you uh, are up on Chris's hell yeah knowledge or not, but good question. Starting things off, man, you want to play it safe or do you want to bet against him? I think he's going to get it. All right, Chris, he's playing it safe. You're not being bet against. The lead vocalist of hell yeah was also the lead vocalist of this band. Was it Soil Work, Nothing Face, Kill Switch Engage, or Mudvayne? The answer is Chad Gray from Mudvayne. That is correct. You were not bet against, so one point to kick things off. You know, I didn't even know that, man. (laughs) All right. Well, maybe you know this one. It goes to you, Al. Your question is this. Who was the first person that Bill Ward called to break the news that he was leaving Black Sabbath in 1980? Chris, I'm going to give him four choices. The first guy that Bill Ward gets on the phone and says, hey, I'm out of here. Who was it? Do you want to bet against him or are you playing it safe? I think this is right now's wheelhouse, so I think he's might, he's probably going to know this, so I'm not going to bet against him. All right, Al, it's 1980. Bill Ward can take it no more. He's at the airport. He's leaving. Who's he make that phone call to? Is it Geezer Butler, Ronnie James Dio? Tony Iommi or Ozzy Osbourne? Yeah, I actually don't know this. <laughs> um, but I'm going to take a guess and say Geezer. That is incorrect. You would think it would be Geezer or Tony, but apparently he hated those guys so bad, he actually called Ronnie and says, I'm oh, wow. I'm out of here. I so, did not know that, actually, man. Yeah, wow. And wow. I know I know a lot of Sabbath, so... That's yeah, that's yeah. a pretty good question right there. I always love, question, man. Yeah. I love the idea that people listening to this either go, wow, I don't know that, or they're screaming at it going, that's easy. Yeah. All right, Chris, you didn't bet against him, and he did not get it, so no points awarded, and the question goes back to Chris. Mike Klink made a name as Guns N' Roses' go-to producer. 
He has also produced albums by all of the following artists, except... So, Al, I'm going to give him four choices. Three of the bands Mike Klink did produce albums for. One of the four bands does not belong. That's the one Chris has got to figure out. Do you think he knows it, or do you want to bet against him? I think he knows it. All right, Chris. Your reputation precedes you once again not being bet against Mike. I don't know why. (laughs) He did albums with all the following bands except for one of them. We're trying to figure out which one he did not work with. Was it Roxy Blue, Godsmack, Megadeth, or the Sea Hags? Pretty sure he did the Sea Hags. Did he work with Megadeth? Can you give me the choices again? Roxy Blue, Godsmack, Megadeth, Sea Hags. I think he worked with Roxy Blue. Um, I'm going to say Megadeth. That is incorrect. Yeah, he did the Sea Hags debut album, or their only album. He also did Roxy Blues Want Some. He did Megadeth's Rust in Peace. He did? But he did not produce Godsmack at all. I thought he did. You you were not bet against? See, I thought thought Rust in Peace was Max Norman, but... but Maybe not. It might have been the next one. That one. That. But yeah, that's that's uh, that's 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 funny. I was gonna say Godsmack too. I would. Yeah. I would have thought Godsmack. Godsmack yeah. No Godsmack for Mike Clink. All right, Al. Chris still up. We're four questions in now. This will be the fourth one. Only one point so far, but Chris holds a slight lead. Plenty of time to take it back. Here's a good chance for you right now. Cliff Burton lost his life in Sweden in 1986 during Metallica's Damage Inc. tour. Just prior to the headlining this tour, Metallica was in North America as the opening band for this act. So right before they go to Sweden, they're in the States, their opening band. They go to Sweden, they're the headliners. Who were they opening for right before that tour? Chris, do you think he knows it or do you want to bet against him? Al probably attended several shows on this tour, so I think he knows it. (laughs) All right. The band that Metallica was opening up for in North America before they went and took the Damage Inc. tour to Europe, were they opening for the Scorpions, Iron Maiden, Ozzy Osbourne, or Wasp? They were open for Ozzy, and I wish I did attend it. I know it's some friends that went, but... I didn't go, and I, I regret it now. But, yeah, it was for Ozzy. That is correct. My first exposure to Metallica ever was in the, that summer. They played in Nashville opening for Ozzy. And I remember I was falling asleep, and the news was on TV. And, the you know, the, every now and then they'll put something light at the end of the news. You know, here's this. They go, now here's a, a young band named Metallica opening up for Ozzy Osbourne at Municipal Auditorium tonight. I still remember that. And it was wow. a video of Cliff headbanging and the crosses behind him on stage. Yeah. Nice. That's my earliest yeah, memory of Metallica. Yeah, the one where my friends went to was at the Meadowlands in New Jersey. And I remember I remember them going out and I didn't go, man. I, I don't know if I – oh, you know what? I might, I might have been away on vacation or something like that with my family and – it's probably why I couldn't go, but damn, man, I, I regret that, man. Like I could have saw cliff, you know, Yeah, but yeah. yeah. Well, you got it right. And that ties things up partway into the game here. Now we're getting well into it, but we're still one to one. So now the question goes back to Chris and it goes like this. 
In between leaving Rough Cut in 1984 and joining Dio in 1986, guitarist Craig Goldie appeared on an album by this band. Al, do you want to bet against them? Tied up at one. I'm going to go for broken bet against them. But he doesn't know. Oh, yeah. All right, Chris. Well, originally, like we said, Al's an alternate, and he was an alternate for Billy Hardaway. So Billy said, man, got to include some questions about Rough Cut. And I said, okay, I will. Yeah. But, I was, but I was going to make you answer it. Yeah, so I get stuck with the Rough Cut question. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Craig Goldie, he leaves Rough Cut in 84, joins Dio in 86. But in between that, he's on an album. Is it Vandenberg, L.A. Guns, Laz Rocket, or Jafria? Jesus. Jesus. I no, no, Craig Goldie. Yeah. <laughs> he did have the same hair. Yeah. Um, I don't. I didn't know he had any involvement with any of these bands. Um, give me the choices one more time. Vandenberg, L.A. Guns, Laz Rocket, or Jafria? Jafria. That is correct. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is correct. All right. So you got it right, oh, and God, you were bet God. against. So that's two points. That brings the score up three to one. <laughs> Chris takes the lead on the rough cut question. How do you like that? So he was in Jafria, like on an album? On an album, yeah. It must have been okay. around 85 because it was in between rough cut and Dio. Yeah. No idea. No idea. <laughs> Like, see, when you asked that question, I thought you it was going to be like, because uh, didn't he, well, he was on that Stars thing with Dio, and wasn't that like 85 or something? That and must right before yeah, he actually. Yeah. I was, he was, so technically, he was on that album, so I was, but then you were like a, an artist, so I'm like, ah, so it's probably not, you know, yeah. but anyway. I just love the fact that Laws Rocket yeah. came up in a question. When I was a kid, I thought they were called Lazy Rocket. <laughs> For future reference, if you're ever a guest on Beat the Geek and Laz Rocket comes up, it's never the answer. Yeah. And also, if you ever have a Lazy Rocket, there's medication for that. <laughs> uh, That's awesome. All right, so the score now is 3-1 to one with Chris in the lead. Question goes back to Al, but man... The kiss round is coming up quick. Before we get there, here's your question. In 1996, this band released their first Greatest Hits album, featuring 16 of their classic songs, plus two brand new songs, titled Sexual Thing and Lay Your Body Down. Chris, I'm going to give him four choices. You think he knows it, or do you want to bet against him? I think he knows this one. All right, Greatest Hits album in 96. It's their first. Got all the classics on there, plus those two new songs, Sexual Thing and Lay Your Body Down. Is it Poison, Rat, Quiet Riot, or Van Halen? That'd be Poison. That is correct. Did I you- have that Greatest Hits. <laughs> the one with the green, like, I guess, yeah, the, the C-Day. Skull on yeah. top hat, yeah. 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 Well, you did not be bet against on that one. But you got it right, so you're bringing it back. The score now three to two. Chris with a slight lead. It's a good game so far. That brings us up to question number seven. One more before the kiss round. And this one goes back to Chris. Which two animals are featured on the album cover 
of the fourth L.A. Gun studio album, Vicious Circle. He's trying to imagine it, Al. Do you think he knows it, or do you want to bet against him? He's up by one point, but the kiss round's right around the corner. God, this is right in his wheelhouse, too. I know, he's got to know this one. I say he knows it. But. All right. You're not being bet against. I'm glad I wasn't. <laughs> on the cover of the L.A. Guns album, Vicious Circle, will you find a bear and a bull, a eagle and a rattlesnake, a sheep and a lion, or an elephant and a donkey? <sighs> Give me the choices again. The choices again. Bear and bull, eagle and rattlesnake, sheep and lion, elephant and donkey. Sheep and lion. That is correct. Wow. It's a vicious <laughs> circle. Well, you weren't bet against, but you got it right. That's one point. And roll. You know that I, I wouldn't even, even. I don't have that album. I never got that album. So it's a good album. Yeah, I know. It's, it's one of those albums that just escaped me. I never got around to getting it. I got the first two L.A. Guns albums, and then I was kind of out. That was kind of it, you know? L.A. Guns has come up a lot today. today. Yeah. Uh, With L.A. Guns, I always say, like, some of their best stuff came out when nobody was paying attention. Yeah, later on, right? Yeah, I got to dig into that, man. And I'm not talking about American hardcore. That's the L.A. Guns. Oh, yeah, that's the L.A. Guns. The L.A. Guns. that, (laughs) That don't count. Different band. All right. Do you guys ever do an album's unleashed on them? We haven't. No, so. no right? Okay. Probably should. Got to get Tracy or somebody to come on. You guys want to come on and talk about Vicious Circle? And like, like, click. Fuck, no. Hello? <laughs> Shrinking Violet. Violet. All right. I love that one. I do, too. I do, too. All right. So here we are. The score is four to two, and it's time for the kiss round. We got a couple of serious kiss fans here. I think this one will be pretty interesting. I was actually doing some reading and thinking about like Gene Simmons when he was all, went all Hollywood. And for a guy that was trying to make it in Hollywood, he sure turned down a lot of roles. So the first question in the kiss round goes to Al. The lead role in this 1985 action thriller was written specifically for Gene Simmons, but he turned it down. What was the movie? Chris, do you think Al knows this? It's the kiss round. Lots of points on the line. Or do you want to bet against him? Man, I know this one, but it's one of those you had to have read Gene's book to know. Uh, I'm going to play it safe. All right, Al, you're not being bet against. It's 1985. Friend of Gene Simmons writes the script for Gene Simmons. And when he's presented with it, he turns it down trying to figure out what movie that was. Was it Code of Silence starring Chuck Norris, Commando starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Silverado starring Kevin Costner, or Stick starring Burt Reynolds? Who took the role that Gene Simmons turned down in what movie? Stick. That is incorrect. (laughs) Commando. I was going to say, now imagine this in your mind. The answer is Commando. The role that Arnold Schwarzenegger played was to be played by Gene Simmons. Wow. If, he you, was, if you believe Gene Simmons. Well, that's, that's what they say. I've, I read it more than just in his book, so I didn't find that in his book. I found that elsewhere. So you were not bet against. 
And you got it wrong. So in the kiss round, no points awarded where there could have been four on the line. So, yeah, that would have pretty well put this one out of the park. So now the kiss round question goes back to Chris. Gene Simmons and Al Pacino both turned down the role of the main love interest to the lead actress of this 1983 hit film. Al, it's the kiss round. You're down by two. There's only Repeat two, two Gene Simmons and Al Pacino both turned down this role as the main love interest to the lead actress of this 1983 hit film. You want to bet against him? I'm going to say that he knows this, man. <laughs> Honestly, dude, I, I, it's so hard to like that. It's so hard to like bet against them on kiss stuff, man. Because you guys are the kiss guys, man. man. Bet you know? against them. Try writing questions for them. <laughs> I'm uh, gonna say I'm gonna say he knows it, man. Okay, Chris, you're not being bet against. Gene Simmons and Al Pacino both turned this down. It was a huge movie in 1983. Was that movie Flashdance, Yentl, The Black Stallion Returns? Or the best little whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> yeah, Toll, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, can't, you can't imagine that? Oh, uh, yeah. Gene and Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand and Gene Simmons. <laughs> when, you said, when you said Yentl, I was trying to hold the laugh in. <laughs> no, it, it's Flashdance. That is correct. <laughs> All right, that's the kiss round. Double the points. You weren't bet against, but yeah, Flashdance. I can't imagine that one either. Well, he is a maniac. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yentl. Yeah. <laughs> I got I to gotta fake up a, a movie a poster movie with that. With that. should. That would be awesome. <laughs> Gene right, Simmons in well, Yentl. And Yentl. Hell yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Actually, I, I knew it was Flashdance, so then I got to pick three other from around that time period yeah, to go yeah, with it. Yeah. And when I when I find Yentl, I chuckle and think that's funny and include it. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Gandhi, starring Sir Gene Simmons. Uh, <laughs> all right, so that concludes the kiss round, and that brings the score up six to two with Chris in the lead. There's two questions left. Let's see how this goes. There's going to have to be some betting going on here. So, Al, first off, this one goes back to you. In 2008, Mick Mars appears on the title track of the album Take It to the Limit by this band. Chris, you got nothing to lose, man. You're up 6-2. to two. Do you want to bet against him? It'll make it more interesting, so sure. So sure. All right, Al, you are being bet against. The album's called Take It to the Limit. It's 2008. And Mick Mars is laying down some lead guitar on that title track. Is the band Saliva, The Goo Goo Dolls, Hinder, or Hoobastank? I believe it's Saliva. That is incorrect. Ah. Yeah, 2008, Take It to the Limit by Hinder. Ah. For some reason, I thought Take It to the Limit was the name of a Saliva album. Sorry, man. Unfortunately not. That brings the score up seven to two. And what the hell? We got one more left, so let's give it to Chris. Go for it. <laughs> I'm going to assume you're betting against him, even though yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. think it'll matter. But here, Chris, is your final question on Beat the Geek this round. In 1996, UK rockers Status Quo 
released their 22nd studio album entitled Don't Stop. On this album, they cover many songs, including a big hit from 1964. The original artists even appear on the song, performing background vocals. Which legendary band appeared on this song? Was it the Drifters, the Beach Boys, the Rolling Stones, or the Kinks? Wow. What year did this happen? 96? Uh, the, the album came out in 96. The song in question came out in 64. The band joins status quo in the studio to lay down the background vocals for the cover of their song from 64. The Drifters, the Beach Boys, the Stones, or the Kinks? The Kinks? That is incorrect. <laughs> yeah, actually, they do a cover of Fun, Fun, Fun. Wow. With the Beach Boys in the studio singing background vocals. Really? Who would have imagined that? Did you listen to it? I've got the CD, but I didn't have the time to pull it out and wow. listen to it. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to check that out. Wow. That's a weird one. All right. So there's the round of Beat the Geek. Chris, once again, man, you've kicked some ass here today. Final score, 7-3. to three. Al, yeah, out, you were out for revenge. Or no, wouldn't it be 7-4 to four since he bet against me? In the kiss round, it would have been. No, I mean, for the, it's a double, but just, I guess it's, uh, it's just a regular question. Oh, okay. Well, I assumed he got a point if he bet against me and I got it wrong. Yeah, he gets points, so he had two. And oh, I thought he had two two already. Two. Okay, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, he had two. Yeah. Now he's got three. That's not enough. Chris he's, is tough, man. Chris is tough. <laughs> see, the, see, the kiss round, man, it's always, I assume he knows it all, dude, so... You know, I don't know. And he did. Trust me. Trust me. And no, I'm not. You know, listen, man, man. You know, you guys are the kiss guys. Oh, there's people on other kiss podcasts that think they know way more than us. Believe us. Believe no. Yeah, that's true. I don't pretend to know everything. I don't know nothing. Three sides would probably know Who? Three sides would probably know all that shit. Who? <laughs> Never heard of them. Exactly. Please. I'm not familiar with that. But that's right. <laughs> I guess I'd have Sorry, to come man. up with questions that like, who's winning, you or the haters? <laughs> like, I'm going to bet against these motherfuckers every time. Hell, <laughs> 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 man, we haven't talked shit about them in forever. Look what you're making. I know. You're, pulling, <laughs> you're pulling the worst out of us. Come on. I, I open up a can of worms here. He no, loses no. the game. Is like I'm going to ruin it for everyone. It, no. <laughs> we wish them all the best, as always. <laughs> no, guys, I, pre- I appreciate you. You know, bringing me on, man. Man, that was fun. If you, if you ever need an endorsement edition, just call me, dude. <laughs> nice. We got we got one alternate, and it's Al. <laughs> All right, so now the tables get to turn with me being the host, and I'm not nearly as flashy and uh, cool as Aaron, but uh, I'll do my best. But we're bringing in a guy who's very special to us in Decibel Geek World. He's been with us since the very beginning. He's done work for us. We even inspired him to host his own podcast, which lasted for like a week. <laughs> and was, a month. Oh, it was a month. Okay. But I I listened to <laughs> every episode. episode. Um, Metal Mike. How's it going, brother? How's it going, brother? Doing good. 
Well, thanks for doing this. And I had a different spin on this for, and we'll get to it. There will not be a kiss round in this round of the game because of the two of you and the fandom you have for ugly kid, Joe, there's going to be an ugly kid, Joe round (laughs) and that will be worth double the points. So this should be fun. Shit. Oh man. I don't like my, my, chances on that <laughs> and i'm thinking i came up with good challenging questions but probably both of you will probably get them right off the bat and just be like that those are jokes but i don't um, know i don't know about that <laughs> all right so we ready to get started let's yeah. do it okay question one and aaron is the geek so first questions for him this front man has a phd in molecular biology the g is it Rivers Cuomo from Weezer? Hang on, whoa, whoa, hang on. Did I miss something? You got to give Metal Mike a chance to decide if he wants oh, to bet shit. it or not. See, this is, man, it's already a fucking train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's why That's why I'm the game, ho- game show host around here. All right. That's all right. Question one for Aaron. This front man has a PhD in molecular biology. Now, Mike, do you think Aaron's going to know this, or do you want to bet against him? I'm going to bet against him. Molecular biology. I think I remember hearing of somebody in rock that had that, but I don't remember who. So I'm hoping out of the choices, something jogs something. All right. Your choices are Rivers Cuomo from Weezer. Dexter Holland from The Offspring, Derek Wibley from Sum 41, or A.J. Popoff from Lit. Lit. Yeah, it's none of those. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking like like maybe Brian May, I think, must have some kind of degree in something. He's an astrophysicist. That must be what I'm thinking of. Um, I really have no idea, so... I'm going to say that, like, the band Sum 41 sounds like an equation. So I'm going to go with that dude. You picked Derek Wibley from Sum 41. Uh-huh. That is incorrect. Ah, dang it. Correct answer is Dexter Holland from The Offspring. Wow. I had no idea. So I did. It? You did? You did. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Sorry. So he bet against you, so that means Mike gets a point. I'm right on that, right? Shit. Yeah, Mike's already up by one because he bet against me, and I got it wrong. All right, Mike's up one to nothing. Question goes to him. Didn't even have to do no work, and he got already a point. That's right. That's how I do it. (laughs) All right, Metal Mike. While John Sykes plays guitar on the White Snake 1987 album, a radio version was recorded with a different guitar player. Who was it? Hmm. Now, Aaron, do you think he knows this, or you want to bet against him? I don't think Mike knows a whole lot about White Snake, and I gotta hope that he don't because I need the point to stay in this. So, yeah, I'm gonna bet against him. All right, Mike, your choices are Dave Marshall, Adrian Vandenberg, Dan Huff, or Mike Slamer. Why do I feel like this is a trick? Um. I'm going to go with um, Adrian Vandenberg. That is incorrect. I knew it. Yes. <laughs> correct answer is Dan Huff from Giant. from Giant. Wow. I would have never guessed that. 
That was That's something I didn't even know. Even know. I wonder how that happenstance happened. He got brought in because Keith Olson got brought in to replace Mike Stone as the producer, and uh, Dan was one of Keith's like go-to session guitar players. Wow. Now, huh? Does it sound different? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, honestly, Dan Dan Huff's playing is, is superior to the original. Um, he, I mean, just from a technical standpoint, he, he's one of the best guitar players you'll ever hear. Yeah, but it, it's. I mean, it's. It, I don't like that version as much as the much as the original. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Interesting shit I never knew before. Two of them already. All right. So you bet against him, and he got and he got it wrong. So. So we're tied up. We're tied up at one. All right. Yeah. All right. I need you to back me on this. <laughs> All right. Question goes to Aaron. This band was originally known as Mighty Joe Young. Mike, do you think he's going to know this? Uh, yeah, he'll probably know, know it. Mm. All right. So you're not betting against him. Aaron, your choices are Allison Chains, Stone Temple Pilots, Sugar Ray, or Soundgarden. Oh man, that sounds familiar. I don't think it's Soundgarden. Don't think it's Alice in Chains. Who's the other two? Stone Temple Pilots and Sugar Ray. Hey. I'm gonna say shit, I really don't know. I'm gonna say Sugar Ray. Oh, you're so close. That's incorrect. Damn it, it was Stone Temple Pilots. Stone Temple Pilots, that was our original name. Ah, damn it. Did you know that, Mike? Uh, once I heard those last two choices, because I knew what Sugar Ray was beforehand. They were called oh, Shrinky Dinks, right? Dinks, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Kristen Schimbeck's favorite band name. <laughs> I don't know if I lose, like, like credibility, credibility for knowing that. that but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but either way, I do if you do. If you do. Yeah, um, Mike. Mike's like, damn it! How come I don't get all the Sugar Ray questions? I can walk this thing. Yeah, I, I, there's no, no Sugar I'm Ray not going round. That far, far with it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do a Sugar Ray round. Oh man, thank goodness! All right, well, no points there. Yeah, no points awarded on that. All right, next question goes to Mike. What horror movie inspired the title of Pantera's vulgar display of power? Aaron, do you think he knows this Pantera? I'm pretty sure he does. So you're not betting against him? No, I'm not going to bet against him. Can I phone a friend? Nope. <laughs> we can't afford that type of production. My phone starts ringing. Damn, hey, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike, your answer, your choices are The Exorcist, The Omen, Creep Show, or Halloween? Uh, the Exorcist. That is correct. Oh, that. Oh. Reagan says it to the priest where she says something like that would be much too much of a vulgar display of power. That was one uh-huh. of the lines. Was that a guess? That was straight out of my ass. That's nice. <laughs> that was a guess. So Mike and his ass are now up are two, to up one. two to one. Oh, man. We're not even to the ugly kid Joe round yet. No, that's coming up in a few questions. All right, Aaron. This one's for you. Metallica's Ride the Lightning album title was inspired by this Stephen King novel. Mike, you think he knows this? Can you say it again? 
Metallica's Ride the Lightning album yeah. title was oh. inspired by this Stephen King novel. Uh, I'm going to say he knows, knows it. Okay. So he's not betting against you. All right. Your choices are The Green Mile, Needful Things, The Stand, or The Dead Zone. Oh, man. I don't know this. Um, Ride the Lightning. What was the first one? The Green Mile, Needful Things, The Stand, and The Dead Zone. I'm going to say the dead zone. That's incorrect. Damn it. Um, the correct answer is the stand. And dang. I th- you, you, I thought that the green mile would have been a good red herring because it's got about people getting the electric chair. Yeah. But you still got it wrong. Wrong. Still got it wrong. <laughs> dang it. Trick question and I didn't even bite. And I still got it wrong. So, But he didn't bet against you, so no points are awarded. We're still at two to one. I'm going to start betting against you, man. You, man. Well, it makes it yeah. more fun. Probably yes, should. sir. All right, Mike, here's yours. I haven't gotten one right yet. We're on to question six. This is for Mike. Robert Harry Kuykendall is the real name of this band's bass player. Aaron, you think he knows this? No, I'm going to bet against him. All right. Your choices are Warrant, MSG, Accept, or Poison. I'll go with um, Bobby Doll. Poison, Drew. Poison. Yeah. That is correct. Oh, that. oh man. I don't come on here to lose, Aaron. Holy shit. Wow. So, what wow. What was, what's his, what's Bobby Doll's real name? Robert Harry Kuykendall. All. Oh, Kuykendall. Oh, the doll. Right there in the name. Did you, is that how you knew it? It was a guess. It's the only one that made sense. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Dang it. I'm getting my ass kicked now. Did you bet against him on that one? Yes. That one? You did. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> so now it's four to one, Mike. Mike. Oh, damn. All right, Aaron, this is for you. Time to get back I'm, into this. Yeah, all the shit talking I've been doing the last couple of days is really paying off. I had a feeling that was going on. All right. Before joining L.A. Guns, Kelly Nichols was in this band before a motorcycle accident forced him to be replaced. Mikey, no, he knows L.A. Guns. You want to bet against him on this? Yeah, I'll, yeah. Bet, I'll, I'll bet against him. All right. All right. Aaron, your choices are Faster Pussycat, Guns N' Roses, Shark Island, or Lizzie Borden. All right. So I want to think L.A. Guns came before Faster Pussycat. Man, something makes me feel like he was in Faster Pussycat for a minute, though. But I'm going to say that, like, L.A. Guns was before Faster Pussycat, so I'll limit. Who else? What are the other ones? Shark Island, Guns N' Roses, and who? And Lizzie Borden. Definitely don't think he was in Guns N' Roses. Um, The other two don't ring a bell either. It seems like Faster Pussycat would have been later on. But something makes me want to say Faster Pussycat. I don't know why. Um, I'm going to say Faster Pussycat. That is correct. Woo! Good job. Good job. Welcome to the game, Aaron. Holy shit. <laughs> and you were bet against. So that's two points. So now it's four to three. Oh, man. 
That's nice. I needed that. All right. Good job. And that leads us to the Ugly Kid Joe round. Double the points. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) This is not a permanent thing, Aaron. Don't get too excited. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm going to totally change up the whole game now. Like, everybody's going to play the Ugly Kid Joe round now. He's just going to school people on Ugly Kid Joe every time. (laughs) (laughs) And And then shame them for not knowing the answers. Right. That's All probably right. what's about to happen here. So two uh, two Ugly Kid Joe super fans going at it. This is good. All right, Mike, first questions for you on this. Okay. In 2005, an unreleased <laughs> video for this song was made public on the Ugly Kid Joe website. Aaron, you think he knows this? I mean, it's Ugly Kid Joe, and he is Ugly Kid Joe fan number one. Man, I'd really like to steal all those points, jump way ahead in this, but... I feel like if I do, I'm going to be, I'll be out of the game, like right here and right now. I, I can't bet against Mike in the Ugly Kid Joe round. I just can't do it. All right, playing it safe. All right, Mike, your choices are Shine, Bicycle Wheels, Clover, or Don't Go. You don't know it? Oh, oh damn. I should have bet against you. <laughs> Should have. <laughs> I don't know it either. Really? Whatever the answer is, I'll be, sure be looking it up after this. Give me the question again. Sure. Yeah. In 2005, an unreleased video for this song was made public on the Ugly Kid yeah. Joe website. Shine, bicycle wheels, clover, or don't go. Uh, what the hell? I'll just go with um, bicycle wheels. That is correct. Look at oh, that. Nice. That's what I would have guessed, too. All right. All right. He didn't get bet against, but that's another point. Another point. So that's two points. Oh, two points. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, it's the ugly kid Joe round. <laughs> You're, sorry. Um, so that may, right now it makes it six to three, but now it's time for Aaron's ugly kid Joe question. Okay. All right. In 1989, James Lambert and Klaus Eichstad joined Whitfield's Crane band, Whitfield Crane's band in Isla Vista, California. And the trio recorded a demo with this record producer. producer. Mike, you think he knows who the producer is? I think so. Really? So you're not betting against him. No. All right, Aaron. Your choices you are... Hmm? Mike, do you know who it is? Uh, once I hear a list of names. Okay, all right. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm banking on, too. <laughs> all right. Your choices are Howard Benson, Mike Plotnikoff... Eric Valentine or Spencer Proffer? Oh, I know it. Howard Benson. That's incorrect. Mike, tell us who it is. Who it is? Eric Valentine. That is correct. Dang. Wow. He didn't bet against you at least, so there's no points. Oh, man. But I'm, yeah, this is trouble for me now. I don't know if I can come back to this. Go back and edit me saying that I'm betting against it. No, we're not doing that. Oh, come on. Mike already wanted to cheat with me before, behind the scenes before this. Just oh, letting really? you know. <laughs> really? Uh, Wasn't taking any chances there. Well. <laughs> doesn't look like you needed to. <laughs> but I was like, I was like, that would be great revenge for the Rock and Ron thing, but it just didn't feel right. <laughs> yeah. And that was before I even knew it was, it was Ugly Kid Joe related. Right. All right, so question goes to Mike. 
this drummer played on Billy Idol's hit cover of Moni Moni. Aaron, you think he knows it? It doesn't matter if he knows or not. I got to bet against him. I ain't got a choice. All right. Betting against you. Your choices are Steve Riley, Frankie Benali, Kenny Aronoff, or Ainsley Dunbar. Where's the UKJ questions there, bro? Let's see. I wasn't ready for this one. Only two of those. That was the the round. (laughs) Let's do a third. No, what's the say it again? Sorry. This drummer played on Billy Idol's hit cover of Moni Moni. Is it Steve Riley, Frankie Benali, Kenny Aronoff, or Ainsley Dunbar? Frankie Benali. That is correct. Oh, two points to Mike. It's now eight to to three. Nice. Dang. Wow. Well, Aaron, we're just going to do this last one for ceremony because you can't come back. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts. This one was news to me. <laughs> this is a funny one that for people's brains, even if it doesn't really affect the outcome of the game. All right. It's rumored that Michael Bolton submitted an audition tape to this band to become their new singer. Mike, I'm, I'm a, you want to just bet against him and clobber him if he gets it wrong, or you want to be nice? sure? Uh, of course. I know you're going to say, oh, say you're going to regret betting against me on a Michael Bolton question. I was going to say you up on your Michael Bolton trivia. <laughs> yeah, I've got Juice Newton. He's got Michael Bolton. Nobody, oh, nobody yeah, knew that. No. Yeah. <laughs> Let's start that now. Get me off the Juice Newton thing. Let's just make Aaron a Michael Bolton fan. What? No, I never said I was a Michael Bolton fan. You said I never you said I was a Juice Newton fan. Yes, I just had one did. song on my fucking iPod. And you wanted to sing it. No, I didn't say I, I wanted to sing, wanted it. sing it. Yeah, you sang it in your car. You're making shit up. <laughs> What's the damn question? All right. Let's get this shit over with. I've had enough. All right. I'll repeat the question. It's rumored that Michael Bolton submitted an audition tape to this band to become their new singer. Your choices are Black Sabbath, Van Halen, ACDC, or L.A. Guns. Huh. I'm going to say no to ACDC, no to L.A. Guns. Um, what are the first two? Black Sabbath and Van Halen. Get it, Aaron. I'm pretty sure I know it. I don't. Van Halen, that would have been later when they needed a singer after David Lee Roth. So Michael Bolton already had a name for himself by then. But then again, so did Sammy Hagar, and he took the gig. Boy, Sabbath, though. That would, that would time out about right. That, like, when Ozzy left, like, Bolton would have been out there trying to trying to do something. Yeah, I'm going to go with Sabbath. That is correct. A lot of good it does me. <laughs> uh, and it was actually after Dio left. It was before they got Ian Gillen. Well, that's a little more respectable then, I guess. Yeah, Born Again's not bad enough. Let's put Michael Bolton on vocals. <laughs> oh, man, I can't even imagine. That would have been... Probably not good at all. Well, me personally, I would have liked it better because I don't like Ian Gillen's voice. But uh, all right, you got it correct. You were bet against, so two points. So you made you made it respectable. Eight to five is what we finish out at. Out at. Okay, I'll take that. I mean, I figured Metal Mike was going to beat me, especially once the Ugly Kid Joe was in question because <laughs> he is the Lord and Master of all things Ugly Kid Joe. Like when we went and interviewed Close last summer. Um, yeah, there was nobody else that we would have asked to come hang out with us to do that with us than than Mike. So I'm glad we got to do that together. And yeah, yeah. damn it, never again after this. 
You're you're off the guest list. <laughs> you don't want to play me again? <laughs> well, you gotta have a rematch after this. Sore loser. Yeah. No, I I'll gladly play you again. Like I said, I brought it back. You know, I only lost by three. That ain't too bad. Not too bad. Mike, uh, plug your Twitter real quick and your photography. Uh, it's um, Voltage Junkie on Instagram. It's the only thing I have out there right now. No, I'm not doing X or Twitter, Q, whatever. Still won't join Facebook like the rest of us old guys. No, no, no. But he's on Instagram, which is like a subsidiary of Facebook. Yeah, it's still all owned by the same the place. Same. So I'm <laughs> totally on it. Which makes it make even less sense that you're on, fa- you're not on, on Facebook. Facebook. Not really. That's for all you old people. <laughs> okay. All right, youngster. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit. Good game, man. Hey, man. Was this a uh, second? Is this the second one I've done? Because I, I, th- I think I've beaten both of you guys now. I think you oh, have. Did we did yes, we did sir. a round in Indianapolis too, Indianapolis didn't, we? too didn't we? Oh yeah, how'd that one turn out? I don't remember that one. I was too drunk <laughs> to remember. Yeah. I thought we so did. I won that I won that, I won that one, one too then. then. I'm sure. That makes sense. <laughs> well, that's Actually, it. Uh, no more beat the geek. We've been dethroned. Our hearts have been broken by Metal Mike and now we can't sorry, do this sorry, anymore. It's time for the return of off off our meds. That's- Maybe. You never, Maybe. Know. never know. That'd be cool. Hey, I listened to every episode. I liked it. I liked it. It was only like six. Yeah. Seven. I was Maybe. committed, no, man. There was more, than, more that. than that, man. When we moved the old Adobe Hut recording studio <laughs> yeah, on, yeah. on the little air conditioning unit. Did had you find it. some stickers? No, the sticker was on there. And when I moved, I left it on there the whole time. And then when we moved, I was like cleaning it out. Yep. And I was yep. like, you know what? I'm just going to leave that on there. So whoever moved in was, is probably still looking for that podcast. Is like, what the hell? <laughs> or they just thought a bunch of schizophrenics live in the house. Live in the house. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe that might have worked too. It was a pharmacy podcast. <laughs> yeah. Medical advice like show. Oh. Yeah. Too funny. Who knows? Maybe it'll come back someday. I doubt it, but. We'll keep us posted. Thanks for one doing of the this. three of us. One of the three of us is a big celebrity now. So, so. Oh yeah, one of the yeah. three of us. Oh yeah, Daniel. Daniel. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. He, yeah, he's he's doing some stuff. You know, when we first met right, Daniel, right. he was talking about you know how he loved pro wrestling and he was working on being a referee, and now he's out there. He's doing some stuff. He's on TV all the time and everything. Oh yeah, yeah, man, yeah, he's killing it. Yeah, he is. Oh, good for Probably. him. Very cool. All right, man. Well, thanks for doing this, even though you kicked my ass. Hey, man, that's what I'm here for. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's right. I know that's right. Cool. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care, brother. All right, man. See you. See you. See you. All right, so we're back for another round of the greatest game show of all freaking time. You know I'm talking about Beat the Geek. Well, the last time that we did this was a month or so ago when I was hanging out with my boys from Dawn of the Rising. And we didn't have Chris with us. So we didn't have no choice but for the very first time ever have somebody that wasn't Chris or myself play Beat the Geek against each other with the prize on the line that the winner would get to face Chris. And I'm happy to report that not only has Dawn of the Rising not broken up, but they've got (laughs) a new album coming out real, real soon. 
And the man who won that day over his bandmate, Iggy, we all love that guy. But that day, <laughs> and beat the geek, the man was Ray Coon. And so cashing <laughs> in his shot right here today, it's our friend Ray. What's going on, brother? Not much, my friend. I'm ready to lose. I'm sure uh, I'm about to get my ass whooped, but I'm I'm honored <laughs> to get beat by the honorary and the one and only geek. <laughs> we'll see about that. Well, I got to tell you, Chris is on a hell of a roll because he just skunked his last opponent. I think it was like seven to two or seven to three. Eight to, eight, eight to three. I think. Eight to three. Oh, that's. Yeah. And then I, I played and I lost, too. So that's all right. <laughs> that's OK. So to wrap things up today, we've got one more matchup. So that's Ray versus Chris. And Ray, just want to remind you real quick of the game, how it works. We're going to start out. Chris is going to get the first question. I'm going to read him the question, and then I'm going to ask you, do you think he knows it, or do you want to bet against him? That'll give you a chance to score some extra points or maybe give him extra points if he gets it right. If you don't want to bet against him, that's okay, too, and that's how it's going to go. Once you decide that, I'll give Chris the four choices, and we'll go from there and then back and forth. So let's start out this round of Beat the Geek with the first question going to Chris, and it is this. All of the following bands were formed in 1989, except, so Ray, i give him four bands, all of them formed in 1989, except for one of them. One of them is the oddball from the bunch. That's the one Chris has got to figure out. Do you want to bet against him or do you want to play it safe? I will bet against them. All right, Chris, right off the bat, stakes are high. You're being bet against. All of the following bands were formed in 1989, except, and your choices are, Helmet, Firehouse, Monster Magnet, and Vane. It's got to be Firehouse, right? That is incorrect. Oh. Helmet, Firehouse, Monster Magnet, all formed in 1989. Vane. They'd been around since 87. Oh, oh. So you were bet against. Smart move by Ray. That puts it <laughs> up a point, and he didn't even have to do nothing to earn it. Up by one already. So now I would have picked Firehouse, too. I would have. I well, because I was thinking of the white heat days before Damn. they were called Firehouse. They were around in like the mid 80s. Yeah. The same yeah. band, yeah. but just different name. And technically, Firehouse 89. And then you got to think, too, you know, when when the rest of those type bands were dying off and going down, Firehouse was still winning Grammy Awards and shit. So they were the yeah. final flicker of that Sunset Strip style before bands like Helmet and Monster Magnet and all that were coming up. And poor Vane, I guess they had some great music, but never really had a chance. Great band. So, the next question goes to you, Ray, and it is this. To set themselves apart from other bands, this group hid their faces behind silver masks during the early days of their career. So, it's a band that wears silver masks, or they did when they first got on the scene. Chris, do you think he knows it, or do you want to bet against him? You're down by one right off the start. Well, since he's going to be bold and bet against me, I'm going to bet against them. All right, Ray, you are being bet against. This band wore silver masks during the early days of their career. Was it Legs Diamond, Crimson Glory, Loudness, or Voivod? Crimson Glory. That is correct. That is correct. And 
You got it right, and you were bet against. Three to oh, nothing. Right, man. Nothing. Looking good. Three to nothing. Midnight was one of my favorite singers, though, so I got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy had a hell of a voice. Oh, man, real good. All right. Three Todd, to Latore, Todd Latore actually sang for them when Queensryche found him. Yeah. He was in, in, in his place. That's where I knew Todd Latore from. Yeah. They weren't wearing silver masks. No, I don't, I don't think they were doing the mask thing anymore by then. I could be wrong. I think he's the only guy that could hit those notes, man. He was even higher than Tate, kind of. All right. So question number three. We're only three questions in, not even, and Ray's already up three to nothing. It's pretty good. This question goes back to Chris. In 1984, Mike Varney of Shrapnel Records organized this band featuring a guitar shredder, a female vocalist, and future Cinderella drummer, Fred Corey. Ray, do you think he knows it, or do you want to bet against him? You're up 3 nothing. I think he knows it. All right, it's 1984. Mike Varney's putting this band together for his own label. It features a guitar shredder, a female vocalist, and Fred Corey. Is it Chastain, Vicious Rumors, Phantom Blue, or Generation X. So Chastain. That is correct. So you were not bet against on that one. Got it right. So there's a point for you, Chris, trying to stay in the game here. Question number four. This one goes back to Ray. All of the following lead vocalists have appeared on Ingve Malmsteen albums, except. So same idea here is that first question. I'm going to give you four guys. Three of them have appeared on Ingve Malmsteen albums. One of them has not. Chris, you're down three to one. Do you want to bet against him? Uh, I, th- I think he knows this. this. All right. Chris is playing it safe. He's confident in your knowledge of Ingve Malmsteen and his singers. So which one of these guys never appeared on an Ingve Malmsteen album? Is it Ripper Owens, Doogie White, Joe Turner, or John Olivia. Which one did not? Which one did not? Doogie White. That is incorrect. Oh. oh. Yeah, Doogie White's on a couple of them, I believe. Ripper Owens is on a few. Joe Lynn Turner's on at least one. But John Oliva of Sabotage has never appeared on an Ingbe Melmstein album. You got it wrong, but you weren't bet against. No points awarded. Score remains three to one. All right, Chris. This Judas Priest song was a combination of two different songs. Red Light Lady from Rob Helford's pre-priest band Hiroshima and the song Whiskey Woman, which was a song performed by Priest with their original singer Al Atkins. You got to name that tune. Ray, I'm going to give him four Priest songs. Do you want to bet against him or do you think he knows it? I think he knows it. All right, Chris, here are your priest songs to choose from. Is it Dissident Aggressor, Victim of Changes, Rockarola, or Beyond the Realms of Death? Victim of Changes. That is correct. Ray was yeah, watching. He literally says that in the song, a Whiskey Woman, Don't You Know That You Are Driving Me Insane. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That makes sense. I guess I didn't think about that when I put the question together. (laughs) That's why I was like, uh, he's got to know that if he heard the song. Yeah, yeah. Good point. All right. And good idea not betting against him. So the score now is three to two. Chris starting to bring it back a little bit, but we've got a little ways to go. 
This next question goes back to you, Ray. In 1994, Axl Rose appeared on this guitarist solo album to contribute vocals and piano to one song. Chris, I'm going to give him four choices of guitar players that came out with solo albums. Which one of them Axl Rose appeared on? That's what Ray's got to figure out. You're down by one point. This is the sixth question. Do you want to bet against him or are you going to ride it out? I'm going to ride it out. All right, Ray, you're not being bet against. 1994, Axl Rose appears on an album by, is it Tracy Guns, George Lynch, Gilby Clark, or Dave Navarro? What was the first one? Tracy Guns, George Tracy Lynch. Guns. Tracy Guns. That is incorrect. <clears throat> Actually, he appeared on his former bandmate. Well, I guess technically, were they still a band at that time? No, I guess they were broken up by 94. But nonetheless, he appeared on Gilby Clark's Pawn Shop wow. Guitars. I remember, didn't didn't Tracy Guns and Axel jam before Guns N' Roses? And that's why the two names are similar? Yeah, they were, they were in Guns N' Roses together. That's why I picked Tracy, because I was thinking yeah. maybe. Yeah, no, a little more. I opened for Gilby once at the Jar. Oh, uh, nice. And they had uh, the drummer from Kids, actually, now. Oh, Eric Singer? Yeah. And Gilby Clark's band? Yeah, way back. Yeah, it was 90s, oh. early 90s. Well, mid, mid-90s. That's cool. All right, so you were not bet against. You got it wrong. No points awarded. Score remains three to two as we creep up to the kiss round, but we're not quite yet there yet. Got one more for Chris right here before we do. Longtime Motorhead and current Scorpions drummer Mickey D has appeared on studio albums by all the following artists, except. So I'm going to give you four artists. You got to figure out which one it is. Ray, do you want to bet against them? You're going to let it slide. Let it slide. All right, Chris, you're not being bet against. Mickey D appeared on studio albums by all the following, except is it Ted Nugent, Don Dockin, King Diamond, or Halloween? Hmm. Ted Nugent. That is correct. All right, you weren't bet against, but man, that's enough to tie it up. Three to three, rolling into the kiss round. Uh-oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> <It's> double. <laughs> these are some good ones, too. I didn't know these ones. They're a little deeper. I think you guys are going to have fun with them. All right, so <laughs> the first Kiss Round question goes to Ray. On August 14th, 1976, Kiss made an in-store appearance to raise money for the Muscular Dystrophy Association at Peaches Records and Tape in what U.S. city? So, Chris, I'm going to give him four cities to choose from. He's going to tell me where that big money fundraising thing for muscular dystrophy happened in 76. Do you think he knows it, or do you want to bet against him and get all those points? I'm going to bet against him. (laughs) All right, Ray, you're being bet against. It's August of 1976. It's an in-store appearance to raise money for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. The store, Peaches Records and Tape. What city? Is it Memphis, Tennessee, Atlanta, Georgia, Birmingham, Alabama, or Jackson, Mississippi? Jackson, Mississippi. That is incorrect. Chris, I know you know it. Atlanta. 
Yeah, I thought I thought I'd help Ray out there and be like, it's Peaches <laughs> Records and Tapes. Oh yeah, that's right, Georgia Peach. Duh. <laughs> All right, he got it wrong, but Chris, you bet against him. It's double the points. That brings you up five to three. And the next kiss round question goes to you. Now, Ray, you're down by a couple of points here, so be thinking about that. The question okay. is this. Kiss rented an airplane hangar at the Stewart International Airport for rehearsals for the Destroyer Tour. In which city is the airport located? Ray, I'm going to give him four cities where they rehearsed for the Destroyer Tour. Do you think Chris knows it, or do you want to bet against him? You're down by two. I'm pretty sure he knows it. So, uh, no bet. All right, Chris, you're not being bet against. The Stewart International Airport. Is it in Newburgh, New York, Trenton, New Jersey, Albany, New York, or Greenwich, Connecticut? It's a Newburgh, New York. That is correct. That's where I was born. Is it? Yep. For real? Newburgh, New Swear York? God, Newark, New York. Yep. You, should have, you knew that then, right? I didn't know that. No, no. <laughs> no, but I was born in an airplane hangar. But I knew uh, that it was in New York, but I couldn't remember what city. But I'm pretty sure he knew because you guys know Kiss pretty well. <laughs> I always love how I get included in your masterful knowledge. As everyone says, you guys know everything. I'm just like, no, Chris knows everything about Kiss, and I just stand next to him. <laughs> oh, you know your fair share, too. But I learned. Hey, yeah. we learned though. That's yeah. the good thing. Is I just learned something. And that's pretty cool because that's where I came into this world, man. So right. that's cool. That's an awesome coincidence. Yeah. All right. Well, the kiss round can really change things sometimes. And this is a real case of that. So we came into this tied up at three to three. Coming out of the kiss round, it is now seven to three. Woo! I'm getting smoked too. We got two more questions left, so let's have some fun and knock these out. This last one goes to Ray, and it is this. The Sex Pistols, they weren't known for their musical virtuosity, so much so that this rocker once attempted to teach Sid Vicious how to play bass, unsuccessfully calling him <laughs> hopeless. Chris, I'm going to give him four bass players. One of them tried to teach Sid Vicious how to play bass. He failed, but he tried. Do you think he knows it? You got nothing to lose. You want to bet against him or not? Why not? All right, Ray, you're being bet against. This guy, man, he tried to teach Sid, Sid Vicious how to play bass. Said, man, this guy is hopeless. Was it Didi Ramone, Lemmy Kilmeister, Pete Way, or Geezer Butler? Hmm. Ramone. That is incorrect. Dang, I'm going down. It was actually Lemmy. Lemmy tried was to teach really? play bass and said, man, uh -huh. you are hopeless. And when Sid Vicious, <laughs> Sid Vicious came back and said, Lemmy, guess what? Oh, I got a gig with the Sex Pistols. And Lemmy said, geez, as a roadie, I hope. <laughs> That's funny because uh, I think Sid could hit people with his bass better than he could play it. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. true. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so that bumps Chris to score up one more. And for the hell of it, we got one last question, and it goes back to our reigning champion, Chris Sinzak. While writing the song Walk This Way for their 1975 album Toys in the Attic, the band took inspiration for the title of the song from this popular film. Ray, you're betting against him. 
You got no choice. Right. Chris, your choices are Blazing Saddles, The Godfather Part 2, The Longest Yard, or Young Frankenstein. The Godfather 2. That is incorrect. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the scene in the movie Young Frankenstein where the doctor says to Igor, walk this way? And he oh, walks. that's right. That's where the inspiration for the title of the song comes from. Really? Walk, walk this, this way. way. Yeah, I forgot all about that. So you guys are, are not just podcast masters. You are also educators of that's rock and right. roll. Yeah, well... That's because I learned so much. We learned so much doing these things, you know. It's awesome, man. I like it. <laughs> well, here's something you don't like, and that's the final score of this round. <laughs> <laughs> As Chris Sinzak comes out on top, eight to four. I hope it's gonna be wow. Looks like it's gonna be four. Look like wow. So there you have it. That's beat the geek for this week and this round. Ray, man, thanks for coming on doing this with us. Tell us about the new album. When's it coming out? Where can people find it? It's coming out digitally on all platforms around the world. Every platform you can think of. Uh, January 19th. And then we have a hard copy release in Phoenix at uh, the Blues Bar uh, for the you know actual CDs. And you know, your, yours are coming in the mail very soon. Nice. Can't wait to hear it, man. I'm super excited. Win, lose, or draw. And the cops are here to bust you. Perfect time. Yeah. <laughs> you guys operating an illegal game show here? Yeah. Straight up. This one goes to 11, sir. <laughs> we didn't do it. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.